Hey guys, Ryan and Selena here. We are about to jump into a conversation with Jeff and Alyssa Bethke, and mm. they are actually um, old friends of ours, original Pacific Northwesterners who now live in Maui. Lucky, lucky. <laughs> um, anyways, this was probably one of my favorite conversations. We got to talk about all things marriage, family, uh, living on mission. I feel like they just bring a lot of history and texture and understanding um, and just wisdom beyond their years mm. about what it means to be a family team and why that's on mission with God's purpose and what and God's original design yeah. and vehicle for marriage. One of the things I love about Jeff and Alyssa is that they are so gospel-centered, but they think about things in such, uh, I think, refreshing and unique terms, which mm-hmm. I know is part of their mission, right, mm-hmm. is to get you kind of reinvigorated in the wonder of these deep truths that we find in Scripture. Mm-hmm. So as you listen to this, uh, we it, it helped us immensely, as their resources always do. But uh, we, like Selena said, this has been one of our favorite conversations. So we trust you'll enjoy it. We hope you enjoy it. And uh, yeah, we'll see you on the other side. All right, Jeff and Alyssa Bethke, thank you so much for joining us. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Just put the kids down for a nap. This is the work from home life, and it is a cool (laughs) 75 degrees outside in Maui, so we're doing good. Awesome. Well, that's that's, I would expect no less. Uh, Maui is one of our favorite spots. Mm -hmm. We're going to somehow get out there in the next little bit. But anyway, so some of our, obviously, we, we know you guys, we've been following you guys, but also... Um, Jeff, you're from our area, or, and both you guys are from our area. I say Jeff because I met you in person, at, like long before <laughs> you had a, a, yeah. a the YouTube thing, right? And so I was gonna say that's the fun part about stuff that we're doing is like it's 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 cool to see us both doing stuff on the internet when in reality we're just you know friends back from the similar same hometowns and know the same people you know and all that stuff. So it's that's always fun to see. Yeah. So crazy. This is totally off script, but I got to say this. So I recently. Uh, Selena and I, we, uh, we were offered the position to be the chaplains for the Tacoma Rainiers. Oh, no from. Way. I used to be Kuykendall's position. Oh, really? Exactly. <laughs> Kuykendall. Yeah. I just met with yeah. him last uh, last week, and that dude's awesome, man. Reality sports, all that stuff yeah, you guys incredible. used to be up awesome. to. Yeah, so you came well, up in you guys conversation. Say? Did you say yes or no? You guys doing it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sick. Yeah, we're doing That's it. I'm stoked. Awesome. That's amazing. But we live like we live like a stone's throw from the from Cheney Stadium. So are you guys in first? So yeah, uh, we're actually right across uh, the street from the stadium. So we're on the border. We're in Tacoma technically. Okay. So we're OG okay. in that way. Yeah, that's right. Wow, that's the way that's, to go. We were right there when we first got married. Yep, we were close. Yeah, that's yeah. funny, nice. dude. That's awesome. Yeah, the Rainier, go Rainiers. <laughs> yeah, go Rainiers. Um, yeah. So so obviously we, we're familiar with you guys. So for the benefit of our listeners who may not know who the legends of Jeff and Alyssa Bethke are, uh, can you give us a little bit of info about your yourself where you know how long you've been married how many kids you got uh why why in the world do you live in maui all that kind of stuff <laughs> do you, want, you want me to do it? you want to do it okay no, the rub so me and Alyssa, <laughs> we've been married seven ish years uh three kids under age four and under um both from tacoma washington federal way washington area born and raised there um, Alyssa took a job at a church after college, like a two-year internship out here in Maui. We started dating a week after she moved out here or a week before she moved out here. And, and so then we dated long distance. She did the thing, came back later. Two, she, she finished it two years later, came back home. Um, and that's when we actually got married, started having kids. And she kind of always had this seed in this place in her heart for Maui. So then it was kind of like, we work for the internet. We know we, you know, sounds like there's actually like a, like there is just one internet, but yeah, it's like, we, we, we do, we do podcasts, we do the videos, interweb. we write books, we 
basically just the internet is our gig, is our job, uh, uh, similar to you guys. And so um, we could live anywhere. And so then Alyssa said, hey, let's raise the family out there. Love the community out there. Love what the Lord stirred in my heart out there. And so, yes, we've been in Maui five-ish years raising the family out here. And yeah, the way we like to say it is that we... um, Right now, we're definitely zoning in on this kind of initiative with our mentors around like family teams and building multi-generational family teams on mission. But in general, we like to say that we try to make people just think about Jesus in a fresh and new and creative way. Um, but that's not new and fresh awesome. or creative. It's actually just very orthodox that we've lost. And hey, so... G.K. Chesterton uh, right there. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so, so yeah, so that's what we do. And we kind of... That looks a bunch of different ways. We have podcasts, we write books, we do YouTube videos, we do social media, but that's, that's kind of the mission. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I love um, just kind of watching you guys on the internet and seeing your world. You guys have always seemed to be on mission. I feel like that's just... I, I don't know if we've ever like known you guys not knowing what you're going to do. So it's always been like, you guys are on mission. You're just taking these steps. You're working together. And yes, the family teams is kind of the most the most recent, um, I think, thing that you guys are really stepping into. But it's not recent in your, in your heart and in your guys' world. Maybe you guys can talk a little bit about um, what it means to be kind of on mission together. I think one thing Ryan and I just so appreciated about you guys and how, Jeff, you share about how when you're going out to speak – you know, your family's sending you mm. out. And I feel like that is such a great perspective because right. Lucy, oh, there she is. there's Lucy. Nice. She agrees. She said, amen. Amen. <laughs> amen, sister. Um, but, no, she's going. so cute. You just, how did you guys cultivate that perspective or how did the Lord sort of lead you in yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. I want to hear Alyssa's uh, answer to this, but I'll, I'll set her up real quick with kind of the language and how we like to think about it. I think. Jeff always sets me up in our marriage. I'm really yeah, bad at like telling a story. Yeah. I never can get the punchline in. So he's like, let me set you up. Yeah. Um, but I do want to hear your perspective because I think I love what you have to say on this. The, the way we like to think about it is it, it was kind of providential, but about five, six years ago, God really brought in some mentors into our life, which I would say, man, you need like especially people listening that are married or young kids or whatever, you have to have mentorship in your life. I think mm-hmm. discipleship is primarily created to be through like year years long relationships with mm-hmm. older seasoned people passing down wisdom actually at the mm-hmm. dinner table, not at Starbucks, just going through a Bible study. Um, but actually like Amen. after dinner table, watching kids, watching <laughs> how they parent their kids doing all these different things. And so we actually okay. providentially got that like six years ago and it was just, and it radically changed our life. And specifically this couple who we actually do this family teams initiative with now, um, they just turned our family upside down and like theologically and showing us God's heart for family and the design in scripture and all these different things. And um, there's a lot there. But the one thing I would say that really started to really turn us upside down is, okay, you go back to you go back to page one of scripture, you go back to Genesis, you got one, two and three, kind of the prototype of creation, prototype of the fall, all these different firsts. And one of the things you see is God lays out this enormous vision for the image bearers, right? To create, to cultivate, to subdue the earth, to bring order out of chaos. But it's, but, but he starts that mission, but he doesn't finish it, right? Like Eden is only a pocket of the earth. It's not the whole earth. And so, cause if there was no job to, if he did it all, there'd be no job to do. So he gives us this enormous job. Go, mm. go continue this, go, go subdue it, go reign and rule as image bearers. Cause that's what it means to be made in his image. Cause he reigns and rules and he creates and he makes right. order out of chaos. And so he gives us that enormous job, but what's crazy is how, what's the actual vehicle he does that in? Like he, his, the first job in scripture, the first mission in scripture, you know, how does he accomplish it? Does he, cause like if we would like, imagine if that was our thing, imagine if like humans said, here's a problem we have, how would we solve it? We'd probably create an app. We'd probably create a business. We'd probably <laughs> yeah. get a board of directors. We'd probably, you know, try to go get angel seed funding, all these different things when it's like, no, he just, he literally just like 
he created a family or he created a marriage. Like his answer to that problem was male plus female in a multi-generational way, right? He, he, he brings male and female right. together, unifies them in one flesh, and then says, this is a multi-generational project. Go be fruitful and multiply because it's going to take more than one generation to do this. So that was the initial like brick on top of the head that just smacked us of like, oh, that isn't the only way, but it's certainly God's primary vehicle or one of his primary vehicles to perpetuate his blessing and his goodness mm. into the world, do we actually believe that? Do we actually believe the family team or a married team is one of his primary vehicles to kind mm. of do this long multi-generational project? And so that's kind of how we got steeped into that. And there's a lot more there, but Alyssa can give them more practical of that or more what that looks like now. If like, okay, um, I like what Selena said, like how do kind of how we do that with me speaking and me traveling, but then also mm. whoever's listening, how do they do that in their jobs and their gigs? How do you kind of feel unified as a team as a mom and a wife and all that stuff yeah well even to go back i think when i was single i um i remember one of my mentors told me you know finding your husband is like you're on a journey you're following the lord it's like you're running your race and then all of a sudden you look over and your person is running alongside you and so i kind of knew that like whoever i was going to marry i wanted to be on mission with them already like that's kind of how we joined if that makes sense yeah. i bet you could clarify mm-hmm. that a little more and so i think even when jeff and i were dating it's like we had the same passions we had the same kind of heart for things and obviously through the years it's gotten to be more unified for sure um mm. but i think even when we started off it was like we knew um we had kind of the same heart and passion and so and then yeah. even when we were um newly married you know our relationship was a little different where jeff um, kind of got thrown into the YouTube thing and speaking and traveling right away. And so the first couple years of marriage, um, we had to really work through a lot of things and it became apparent like, Hey, this isn't Jeff single Jeff anymore. It's Alyssa and Jeff. So Mm. what is God calling you guys together? Like, why are you guys Mm. married? What is God's mission for you guys together? And Mm. it, so we had like, I think it was our second or third year of marriage. Then all of a sudden we changed our mission because it was like, oh, this isn't working anymore. Now it's us. And what does God want us to do? And so um, that's when we started to do a lot of marriage things and wrote Love That Lasts. And so it's just kind of like always evolving. And I think the Lord constantly shows us like, and I think with every child, we talk about this a lot. Every child the Lord gives you, it's um, like your team needs that child and whatever strengths they have, whatever passions they have, like your team needed that. And so I think that God Mm. kind of expands your mission in a way. And like, now it's not just our mission, but it's now like the Bethkeys, now our kids and why has God given us these kids? And um, so, and I think one thing that what you mentioned, Selena, when Jeff goes out and speaks. And that's been a thing we constantly are talking about and praying through. Um, And Jeff travels a lot less than when, you know, before we had kids. Mm -hmm. And we live really far away now, so it's a lot harder to travel. (laughs) But um, one of the things that really language, how you talk about things really affects your thinking. And I remember Mm. early on in our marriage, I really struggled with it. When I had Kinsley and we decided to stay home more and Jeff would travel, I always kind of felt, this is me being really honest, kind of always felt like Jeff was choosing the work over me. And it was a lie, I believed, and just kind of like, oh, that's more fun or adventurous. And I kind of felt lonely. Sometimes I even felt like abandoned in a way, which totally was not true. But those are feelings I had. And I think Mm. when we changed the mission and we talked about it, when we thought of like, hey, this is our mission as a family and we get to send dad out, we get to send Jeff out. 
and there's still work for us to do here and like we're praying for him we're excited for him we're watching him on whatever on the show or whatever mm-hmm. i think that has really transformed um even my thinking and saying like we're a team and this is our thing together and it's brought so much more joy than like oh we're separated and that's what he's doing and i'm at home because i think as a mom sometimes you know being a mom at home sometimes can feel mundane or the same thing over and over but when um you're like oh no this is our team and this is what god's calling us to there's it's Mm. a lot does that make sense just the language can affect your mission Mm. too Mm mm-hmm Yes, absolutely. I just love hearing your guys' heart on this because, honestly, it gives me a lot of hope. I feel like you're bringing, again, eternal purpose, eternal perspective to um, mm. to this idea of family when we just so get lost in the wishy-washiness of what society defines family as and commodity mm. kids, you know, and just, yeah. oh, no, they're infringing on my time, whereas, like, I don't feel like we have enough of your voices, people like you saying, no, this is a bigger purpose than anything else out there. Right. And totally. to me, I'm like sitting here almost trying not to cry because I've kind of felt like some hopelessness, you know, and yeah. not sure. You know, you see the purpose, you want to dive into it and you're doing it, but at the same time, it can feel kind of lonely and you feel kind of alone and and just, I don't know, you guys, I'm just, this is, again, just right off the cuff, but I'm just so grateful for your voice, grateful for your perspective yeah. and the language that you guys use and what God's been doing in your heart in this area. We've even, um, we've adopted that language. Yeah, yeah. And not so much that, I mean, the family team stuff, we love it, but more so we've we've adopted the whole, like, sending aspect of it mm-hmm. because totally. I, work from, I work from home, and I know you guys are homebodies in that sense as well, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> and that's a great thing, and I, I feel like it's there's a, gift, a lot yeah. of, yeah, there's a lot of good things that come from that but a lot of times i have to have to be away from like the girls want me to play with them all day because <laughs> you're home and i'm like yeah. i gotta I, I i it just gets so tiring to be like i gotta work i gotta work it's yeah. no it's it's i sat down with them the other day and i was mm-hmm. like you know when when i go up and i do this it's because our family is helping people helping marriages for jesus right totally and that's become the language and then they and i said you're a part of that when you support you know when you send me up there mm-hmm. to do that um, so we've totally adopted that language. Yeah, just the inclusion yeah. and the purpose. Yeah, one thing I think of there, and uh, Alyssa's just slipping out. She'll be back in a second with uh, after she puts no Lucy worries. down. Classic. That's why we call our podcast the Real Life Podcast because it's like yep. anything can slide. <laughs> we can just say, hey, this is totally on <laughs> brand. Awesome. This is totally real life. <laughs> yeah, um, that's awesome. That was totally a strategic move. But uh, she'll be back in a second. Well, one thing I'm thinking of, yeah, there's three kind of different buckets we have to think about family and mission. And there's two that I would say are wrong, even idolatrous in some sense or, or harmful. Mm. And there's one that's correct. And when I say family here, I, I also am using that interchangeably with marriage. So for those listening, if you're married with no sure. kids, that's, that's still that, that team entity, a husband and a wife. That's, I'm saying the same thing. So there's, you got, you got family. There's a couple different ways to think of it. There's family as mission. So I think sometimes this one is one of, this is one of the wrong harmful ways to think about family and mission. And this is a little bit more of the caricatured homeschool, like every kid wears a helmet, white picket fence, like never do anything, <laughs> anything risky or unsafe because family is the mission, meaning the mission is just to have a cute, pretty, good family, morally good, so that like the actual external look of your family is the goal, right? That's family as mission, meaning you don't have a bigger mission than outside of your four walls. You just making a good family is what you think the mission is. Now, I, I disagree. I don't think that's actually what God calls us to. That's a small Story, So that one kind of can be harmful and kind of be cancerous in some sense, because whenever you're facing only inward, then there's all these kind of like growths, metaphorically speaking, 
that are not mm -hmm. healthy. So that's family as mission. Then there's family and mission. And that's the people that put those in two totally separate categories where they're a family, but then dad goes out to work and does the mission, but never actually involves the family, never actually gets sent out by the family, never includes the family like this is, or never even asks the family if actually they, he should be doing that. Right. So this is the mm, classic example so where like the dad's a pastor and a thousand people got saved last weekend and his family can't stand him. Right. Like that, that's that example right. of like yeah. family and mission. They're two totally separate buckets, never cross, never touch. And there's no Venn diagram of them touching in the middle. And so that's family and mission. But I, we, we like to say it's family on mission, meaning if you got married and you have kids or if you don't have kids, but if you got married as this to become one flesh, you now are a team and a vehicle that God wants to use to go put on mission. So you now are the team. And so every role that's in this team, kids, no kids, is needed, is necessary, and God is uniquely in equipping you and wiring you guys to live on mission on your street, in your neighborhood, in your city for the good of that garden mandate, but then also Matthew 28 to make disciples. And so that is kind of like a helpful way. We like to think about it because then then you start changing your language and then you start telling a different story. And then maybe dad does want to be a pastor, but then instead of just dad being a pastor, you actually realize, no, the whole family's technically in ministry. We all serve here. Um, and I interviewed Craig Groeschel and asked him about that whole thing. And he, 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 he totally had just had great answers to that, but he talked about how, yeah, from a, they saw it like that. And so the reason they have such a healthy, vibrant family with six kids, one of the biggest pastors in the world, rather than his family feeling like they're competing is he integrated them into the mission. So they help, they serve. Some of them are on staff now as adult kids. They all picked up trash at the church when they were four years old and they're a team and they're on mission together. Mm. And that really kind of bolsters you and gives a vibrancy that I think a lot of us want in our marriages and in our families. That's awesome, man. So okay. I, I, I want to ask this question because I feel like there's a lot of couples who this is going to resonate with. However, I feel like there are couples that are and maybe a wife or a husband who's just listening to this or whatever. And they're thinking, gosh, I want that so bad, but I can't get there. Right. Either because I'm, I have to go to my work because we can't, if yeah. I don't work and I don't commute an hour each way, then I don't have this job. If I don't have this job, we can't afford, I can't even support my family. Yeah. What do I do? Or the wife who wants her husband to get on board with that or vice versa. These go both ways. So you guys, you had mentioned, and I'm not sure, I think Alyssa left, like you said, but I would love to hear your thoughts on how did you guys find agreement on this when that tension existed? I know it still kind of exists and, and still yeah. happens, right? No one's perfect. Yeah. But how did you guys get to a place of agreement and what do you, what would you say to that husband? Um, and you know, I kind of have my way of attacking this, this issue and I want, I'd love to hear yeah. your perspective on it. Cause what do you say to the husband who, who is, you know, gone 60 or 70 hours out of the week and it's hurting his family and they're not on board. How does he reconcile this truth that is so beautiful? What this picture that we're painting with, you know, the current reality that he's maybe living right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a couple answers to that. And I would say, and, and Alyssa should be back here in a second, but I know what she would say for this first one was kind of something that I had to change and that she'll love that I'm telling this story about my, my failure and my <laughs> weakness. But it, essentially, I think it was probably three or four years ago. I start, I just, we had a radical kind of tension point that was really hurting us. And that was that I'm a, I'm a little bit more faster pace. I make decisions really quick. I can kind of jump on a dime. If I feel resolute, if I feel something, I just become resolute in it and just go that way. When Alyssa is a lot more sensitive, a lot more slow, and she kind of gets very jostled easily. Meaning like if I do that, mm. a lot of that kind of demeanor and spirit and a lot of my actions, and it's kind of too intense for her, if that makes sense. And, and I yeah. used to think that that was a weakness in her. I used to say like, like we just got in all these fights four or five years ago because I was like, Hey, come on. Like, 
just trust me or can't you just kind of can't you just get on board faster or can't you just mm. you know she's like it was no it was hard on her it was difficult on her it was tension it was she was really sensitive and that was when we took it to our mentors because again I do think sometimes you can kind of you know learn and know patterns and get better at things by yourself but I we like to say if something starts repeating in a marriage like you got to go to an external source whether it's counselor whether it's mentors whatever like if the same fight keeps happening like you're just going to drive yourself into a ground so go get help yep. and we took it we took it to our mentors and they he basically said like hey Jeff like do you actually believe that Alyssa's the smoke alarm of your family because she is and I was like, well, mm. what, is, what does that mean? And he's like, well, he goes, you're treating her sensitivity as a weakness, meaning like if only she would be more like you, when instead she's the smoke alarm. Like she's the first, like not always, but specifically Alyssa and specifically a lot of wives are like the first line of defense to a family's culture and to a marriage's mm. health. Meaning like they're going mm. to feel a breakdown and they're going to start beeping before anyone else realizes there's a fire in the pantry, right? Um, and so- <laughs> It's awesome. And so, man, that just completely rocked me in the sense of like, okay, I, and what that did is it made me realize like, oh, that's actually a strength of hers. And back to the team mentality, like it's harder to do this because I want people to be just like me and she wants people to be just like her. But when we really- the whole thing of marriage? Yeah. But when we realize like our strengths and our weaknesses combined in tension actually create a lot more powerful team than if we were just individuals. And so that's kind of that- um, that first one of like, man, that's that we realize that each other's weaknesses aren't actually weaknesses, their strengths to actually kind of round out the team. That was the, that was really helpful. And then I would probably say too, and the, the second question they asked is like kind of to a, um, someone who's maybe living a little bit, a lot more hours, a bigger job or something mm -hmm. like this, but kind of like gets that tension of like, okay, I feel like, how do I, how do I reconcile that with a free speak from the wife's perspective? How would you bring this up to a husband or something like that? If it's kind of like, is that what you guys were asking for that Wait, second question? Right, question? Ryan? I'm just picturing, uh, there's so many guys I know they are good friends who just have a, they haven't s successfully found that work-life balance, or at least there's always this yeah. tension between their job and their family. Yes. And, t and the, the, the caricature that I'm using is somebody who, you know, we live in the South Sound, they have to commute up to Seattle and it's an mm -hmm. hour each way because of traffic. They're gone, they're working 50 hours a week on, with another, you know, 10 hours a week yeah. tra right. in traffic. Mm -hmm. How does that man who wants to love his family well, how can he begin the migration <laughs> toward this. Yeah. I mean, aside from just like immediately putting everything he owns on the market and just, you know, quitting yeah. his job type of thing. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm interested to hear Alyssa's thoughts because why well, didn't answer that part as much? Cause I was like oh. the second half. What, what, one thing I would say to that is I would say it's not, it's not just a simple math and hours game. Cause I think sometimes the easy lie we believe now is like, Oh, just get a bunch of residual income and just do this job mm -hmm. and this side hustle and then be home, you know, and only work 10 hours a week and you know, blah, blah, blah. The classic mm -hmm. garbage dump gospel of the American <laughs> West right now. Um, you know, yes. it's just like, I can't stand it, but it's like, so like we, we buy that cheap lie, but then I know, a lot, I, I, I know people and I know some people who like, they maybe are self-employed and work from home and, and they're not good dads. So like that's not the that's that doesn't magically make you like a better father. What what it really the issue is is like don't it's I not know a, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's not a it's not a math thing. It's not an hour thing. It's a it's an issue of heart and mission and integration with the family team. And so that's what I would say. But would you add to that as a wife or what that looks like or means or kind of how how could you as a wife start encouraging a husband who maybe if you'd want to pull him back home a little bit or just yeah. change his perspective or something like that? Wow, I feel like that's so hard. Um because I am the, <laughs> my immediate response is like, oh, can't you just get a different job where you're home more? But I know that's not realistic. <laughs> and my dad, I mean, that was my dad. He commuted like an hour, sometimes two hours a day and was still a really amazing dad. And so um, I think one thing, though, that we do say, and this is just kind of like a side note, 
I feel like every year as a couple, you kind of need to just like have this conversation where you mm. put everything on the table, like everything, like school, sports, your jobs, your house, just everything and say, hey, is wow. there anything that God wants us to leave at this table that like just isn't working so or it's not good for our family or that season was good, but now we need to switch to something else or like switch it up, whatever it is. Yeah. I feel like every year you need to have that conversation and the Lord shows you like, Oh, Hey, I think this year you need to put your, you need to homeschool your kids or, and maybe there's nothing you need to leave on the table. Maybe it's just how it should be. But I think that's one conversation to have. Um, but then on a side note, if like that is what God's calling you to, then maybe, um, I mean, there's things you could do creatively, maybe moving closer to your job or taking one of your kids to work every now and then, um, like the wife. I don't know. There's so many creative things that you could do where you would integrate a little more. But mm -hmm. I think for mm -hmm. just my encouragement for the wives is um, I don't man, that's such a hard question um, to just be really supportive. I think it's really easy as a mm. wife to believe lies or to compare or resent or get bitter. And I think we are called to be our husband's biggest cheerleaders and our big, like their biggest supporters. And I think one thing mm. the Lord has reminded me of lately is like, we should be praying for our husbands every day. And I think the more that we pray for them, the softer our hearts get. And we really mm. see them as the Lord. And we, we, instead of comparing or who's doing what or who has it easier than who? I think it really, the Lord gives us his heart for them. And we start to really like cheer them on and support them and be a blessing to them. And so I think that as for just a wife, like my biggest encouragement is to really be praying for your husband. And if that's what God's calls your family to, where your husband has a lot of hours of work and is commuting, then how can you guys integrate more? How can you be creative? Mm -hmm. How can you really like you as the family send him out instead of daddy's going to work? It's like, no, we're sending him out. We're on mission. He gets to share the gospel where he goes. This is where God has called our family to serve. So how are we going to do that? Maybe you as a family make cupcakes for him and his coworkers or write notes to him and his lunch. Like those things, I think when you really like flip it on its head and we're like, this mm. is our mission. How do we support and encourage? Then I think you really feel like a family instead of like, you know, we're all going different directions and whatever mm -hmm. that looks like. So just off the top of my head, that's what. So good. It's so good. And I, I keep hearing this theme from you guys and I love it because I feel like God's been impressing it on my heart, at least through homeschooling and stuff, is just this whole idea of integration, right? Mm -hmm. Just integrating as much as possible where I feel like, I don't know, some of the messages of the world are like separate, right? They're totally. divide and conquer yes. or, you know, just we don't want our kids to be integrated into like our adult life or mm -hmm. we want to have our own time or we want to just do all these things. Yeah. We're believing these lies of well, this is going to get me a better life. I'm going to feel better about myself if I have my own time. Or, and not to say that it's right. not good to have some you know, self-care and mm -hmm. all of that, but I think it's, it's like you guys said, it's, t it's a total heart issue. It's where, mm -hmm. where's our heart, and are we on mission with God? And I know you guys do, um, and maybe you can speak to this briefly too. Uh, I love how you said every year we're just kind of analyzing and reassessing you know, mm -hmm. our lives and where they're at. And you guys do a summit typically, right? Like you do a family, mm -hmm. a Bethke family summit. Yeah, we'll do a couple um, days at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, just share what, a little bit about what that looks like what, tangibly. It looks different every year. Um, we've done it for the last couple of years. In this last year, 
um, didn't feel as maybe big and intense as the couple years before that because we had like a one month old. And so, you know, that one's like, hey, let's just make let, for the <laughs> yeah. summit. Let's sleep. Let's sleep. Let's yes. do that. That's our goal for <laughs> next year. So, sleep but summit, yeah, 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 exactly. Generally, what we'll do is I'll kind of work up a document or some questions or stuff like that. And it's a, it's very, I'd probably say it's like, I'd probably say it's like 80% reflection and processing and thinking, and then maybe only 20% kind of vision future forward. I think there's, I think we're terrible. We're really good in our culture of like goal setting and setting, casting vision and all that stuff. And here's our dreams and our hopes and our aspirations. We're horrendous at processing at reflecting, right. at sitting and pausing and actually measuring what God has done, what he said he's going to do, checking back in on it, mm. etc. So we spend most of our time there. Mm. But yeah, it's basically two days where I kind of just craft up a document a couple weeks before of like, hey, what are some questions? We, like a couple things we do is we always set a word for the year for each of us individually. So like we kind of mm. seek to say, hey, what's the Lord's word for the season for us for this next year? And so then at the end of the year, we look back on that. Did was How did that become true? Where did that play out? What did that look like? Um, and, and then it ranges all the way from fun stuff to like, hey, what were our, can we name our 10 favorite moments from 2018? What about our 10 favorite books? What about awesome. um, five things we're thankful for? And then we kind of go down the list of the kids. Hey, what did, mm. what did we learn about our daughter this year? What, what's kind of God's heart for her this year and next year? Mm. And like, it just, I can go on and on. It's like a five or seven page document Love that we it. just kind of do all this stuff in. But it's basically space and time to reflect to cast vision. Cause here's one of my frustrating Man. things about marriage and family. Like so many of us are doing marriage and family on accident. And it's like, this is the most important thing, guys. Like this is literally the so most good. important thing. Or like, so uh, reactionary. Yeah. Reactionary mm-hmm. and on accident when like businesses, like why on earth do corporations do way better at this than us? Why do they have quarterly meetings? Mm. Why do they have vision casting? Yep. Why do they check the budget at the end of the year and actually like slice out all the stuff where they wasted money? Why do they like just like there's a million like why do they do better than the family and the marriage? When again, Mm. I feel like this is actually idea number one in the garden. And so that's kind of where it gets borrowed from and we kind of take from as man. um, A marriage is a mini corporation. It's a mini entity with a mission to go build something and do something that's going to hopefully outlast us when we die. And that's going to take a lot of intentionality to get there. And so, yeah, so that's a huge part of it for sure is just kind of setting time aside at the end of the year to kind of look back and look forward. Man, it's so crazy. We forget sometimes, and I know I'm guilty of this, is we forget the water we're swimming in, right? Mm-hmm. Culturally mm-hmm. speaking, kind of the, the currents of mm-hmm. the culture that we're in and everything you've described is so symptomatic. And I feel like, Jeff, you know a lot about this. I've heard you speak on it. But like the Industrial Revolution, how that changed just our whole approach to to business, to school, to family, totally. to commuting, yeah. to, to work. It changed our whole approach, right? And so... And when well, I was it, back to Selena's point, that, that's the peak moment of disintegration. That's the opposite of integration. Yes. was 200 years ago we said we can profit more and we can make more and we can do more if we split everything up, which has its benefits yeah. in that we're living in. We're living in those benefits, but also has a huge, enormous cost. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and part of the water we're swimming in, there's that, but there's also the sense that... I call it like kind of a back pocket Christianity, or I think Francis Chan said it's like Jesus in the trunk type of thing. Like <laughs> pull them out when you get a flat type of deal. Yes, and that's good. that comes from not understanding God's word as the story of God's people, right? We see it more as a, a book of like I'm more of a Carrie Underwood, and, and... Jesus take the wheel type of Christian. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what okay. I mean? Like he's not like They're both not... automotive analogies, so we'll go with it. Um, but but we look at if we look at like especially the Old Testament the Jewish people the story of God's people and how integrated the families were and how uh, they approached um, 
there i mean you mentioned all the way back to the garden obviously but throughout that we see this i love that you guys look back because so much of like jewish culture is looking back and celebrating what God has done and like yeah. taking time out for, for feasts and different and the Sabbath and all these different things reflecting on, on who God is and what he's done. And you're right. It's, it's, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's not me being interviewed, but I'm talking here because I feel like you're just, you're hitting such a, a no, relevant true. chord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the biggest commands in the old Testament is to remember. And that's, again, that's like, that's mm-hmm. a command. That's not like a, here's yeah. a suggestion. Here's a, like there's something, and, and again, even that word re dash member, like literally means to like re mm. like attach yourself to something mm. like remember, yes. member yourself to something. And so, yeah, I think that's exactly it. You have to have those. Um, and even like, and I, I was, I, I've been, I, you know me, I, lo- I love Jewish culture. I love Amish culture. Cause I think they actually do this really well. <laughs> and two yeah. things that they both do really well is if you look at if you like, if you look at the highest and holiest moments for Jewish people and Amish people, it never takes place in a corporate building gathering ever, right? Like mm. Jewish, the Jewish highest holy moments, all of their holidays that are seen as their biggest days of the year. Where do those happen? Those happen in the home. Where do those happen in the home? Yeah. Those happen at the table. And what happens at the table? The mm. father or the mother tell mm. a story. That's literally all it yeah. is. Every single holiday is just like a table story. And I just think we've really lost that because like you said, we've gotten so sucked in the West. Our Christianity has gotten so kind of attached to more of the enlightenment, uh, you know, uh, post-industrial revolution, all these different things that have kind of created a vacuum of sorts. On that note, in terms of family culture and creating kind of these rhythms, one of the things that we've uh, found super life-giving in our, I guess, as we've raised our daughters, our oldest is five and a half-ish, and our youngest is two and a half, and we're, uh, and so it's kind of a weird kind of, hard sometimes, but we've, we've really, um, made priority this idea of family worship, right? And that's Mm -hmm. uh, being a daily thing, not just a Sunday morning thing, but a daily thing where, um, we'll sit around the table. We actually, you know, we'll, we'll read through some scripture. Usually it's the Jesus storybook Bible because, you know, because we have young kids and we'll sing, I'll get out the ukulele (laughs) and then we'll sing Jesus (laughs) loves me together. And, um, and, and then we'll ask the girls what they want to pray for. And, mm-hmm. and so that rhythm has been so life-giving. It's not cheap. It's not a cheap rhythm because it, it's sacrificed, right? Because like when I, when I wake up, I don't want to stay at the table till like 9 a.m., yeah. right? Because I want to get to work. But, and, but we find that's always life-giving. So with that said, I know you guys are big on establishing those rhythms. What are some of the, I mean, if you could just walk us through briefly, maybe some of your daily rhythms, weekly, monthly, yearly. I know we talked about the year-end kind of summit, yeah. but what are some of those other rhythms in your lives? You want to tell them? Yeah. Well, I love your guys' rhythm. I think that's so good. And I feel like so many families want that and they just need practical ideas of, hey, how do we implement this? Um, and I think you're right. The table is so easy for us. That's kind of when we do all of our rhythms because we everybody has to eat. And so it's like, oh, well, if we're eating, <laughs> let's talk about Jesus or let's memorize yeah, our it's scripture. it's preloaded. It's pre-built yeah. in. Take advantage of it. Yeah. And so um, we just really value the table. Um, so for our daily rhythms we in the morning for breakfast we do a breakfast benediction which we call the breakfast benny nice and the kids know it and it's like this thing (laughs) it's like well jeff can explain it a lot i'll have you actually well it's not it's not even ours it's i got it from a friend bobby Schuler, and they actually do it in a corporate sunday gathering way he's a pastor and so his his congregation recites it every sunday and i was like this is incredible it's an it's just an affirmation of truth it's like i'm not what i do i'm not what i have 
I'm not what people, I'm say, not people about say about me. me. I'm the beloved of God. It's who I am. I don't have to worry. I don't have to hurry. I can trust my friend Jesus and share his love with the world. And we obviously I, do that way I slower. I think of it as the kids say it. Yeah, we I do don't it. have to worry. Yeah, we're, yeah, we do it a lot slower. We kind of <laughs> so do this good. thing where we put our we put our palms to the sky yeah. as like an act of receiving. So you kind of have to open your hands ready to receive that truth for the day. And then you finish. And then what do we do at, at the okay, end? Okay, and then our oldest, she gets to pass around an M&M an M&M to everybody because we want them to know that God's law is sweet and we tried honey and that Mm. was too messy. So we do an (laughs) M&M. So that's kind of like our morning thing. And then, you know, some days we'll like read scripture or Jeff will teach us something, but some days that's all we do. And then at night um, for dinner, we go around and we all share one thing that we were thankful for from that day. And we have a chalkboard above our table, so we'll all write it down and, um, and then we'll like practice our verse for the week. So those are kind of like, am I missing any? I think that's our daily rhythms. Yeah. And one thing I would say about daily too, that's really helpful specifically for marriages and families that we've tried to live into is like, you don't have to do like a two hour revival service for toddlers. Like <laughs> yes. it's like just low hanging fruit. You don't fruit, even have to plan the Low lesson. barrier of entry. Like literally I'll open up Psalms sometimes and I'll be like, Jesus is our rock. Or I'll say like, you know, uh, Yahweh is our rock. So I'll go outside, grab a rock and say, guys, this is God. Okay, eat. That's it. Like, you know, it's like, it's that easy. It's just like, this is what it says. Here's a rock. Boom. That's the truth for the day. Because, because again, in marriages and families, we're playing the long game here. Right. And, and everything else, everything else is forming us in micro ways anyways. And we actually do a huge disservice by thinking that we can only form ourselves spiritually in macro ways. And what I mean by that is like Mm. micro is actually where you're formed. That's where your affections are actually curated. That's where your compass actually gets turned to true north is by the micro moments every single day in the same way where you try to tell me that when you wake up and you sleep with your phone on your nightstand and you it's the first thing you flick with your thumb even though you don't do that and you don't go oh my goodness that was the best thing ever but try to tell me that doesn't form you after 10 years of that you know try to tell me that that doesn't actually affect you even Mm. though it's five seconds in the morning of your thumb and a movement up and down right so like there's Mm. like micro moments 100% form us if we do them in a daily ritualistic way and that's where I think the high church traditions actually do this very well um, all the way over obviously into Catholicism that's where I think that's one of our weaknesses in my opinion in the evangelical church is we don't do a good job of actually understanding we are physical creatures in a physical earth in a physical world who attach meaning to icons, symbols, and everything, right? Like that baseball hat's not a baseball hat. That baseball hat is a baseball hat that your dad got you when you went to Wrigley Field at 12 years old. Like they hold baggage and meaning, Mm. right? And so Mm -hmm. we have to kind of bring that spirit and that power, I think, to our homes, and it can do a lot when we do. But I also feel like it just makes it so much more um, simpler. Like I think we're all longing for that, but it doesn't have to be like you have to be – a homeschool mom or plan this lesson or your husband needs to be a pastor. It's like read a story mm. from the Jesus storybook Bible, read a Psalm, you know, mm-hmm. teach them Jesus loves you. Like it can be so, so simple. Yeah. Even as they get mm-hmm. to be teenagers, I think it can be. If we only read little, scripture in yeah. our home when it was like no fart noises from the kids and like none <laughs> right. of them jumping or up Jeff. and down. Like, yeah, we would, yeah, true. <laughs> we would read for like two days a year, you know, and that is true. Right. I do egg them on. But it's like, yeah, it's like that's, we, that, that's not what we're, tr- I think we put so much pressure on ourselves, right? When it's like, that's yeah. just not. We need to realize yeah. we are being formed by a bunch of other things and we don't put any pressure mm. on those things. It's just a daily habit. Um, and I think that's where created like that and we're creatures like that. So then um, our weekly rhythm is we always do a Shabbat Friday night to Saturday. Yeah, which is just a Sabbath, the Hebrew word for ceasing and stopping. Mm-hmm. And what's one thing I would encourage marriages out there is wherever you're at, man, 
what would it look like to craft a day of rest? I think there's so much to be said in our culture of mm-hmm. um, that God clearly created a seven day rhythm in the fabric of the universe. Now we can argue exactly what that looks like and exactly how that plays out. But clearly like there's a seven day music and a seven day cadence of like work and rest, yeah. work and rest. And so submitting to that design, it will go very well for you as the old Testament says mm-hmm. over and over again. And I think, um, yeah, for us, we've lived in that and it's just so life giving, so transformative and we don't treat it like this vegetable day off, watch TV and watch football. To us, it's it's this day of ceasing. We we light we light two candles every uh, Friday night to start our Sabbath, and the candle one candle is cease and one candle is celebrate. And I think those are like the two kind of arms of you have mm. to cease. Like we are not what we do, we're not what we have. Like we said earlier, we're not what we consume, which is an American idol. Um, we can cease. We can stop from that. We're not what we produce. We're not what we work. We're not our paycheck. But we also are going to celebrate. This is a day of inviting God's presence in a special way. This is a party. This is a celebration. This is a feast. And so mm. when you combine those in a holiday way, like like another way to put it is I just, we just call Sabbath. Like every Friday to Saturday to us is just mini Christmas, right? Like you don't <laughs> – mm-hmm. and it holds all the metaphors the same way too, right? Like you don't go – you don't say – you don't wake up December 25th and go, eh, like I'm not – nah, not today. Let's do it December 27th. Like you don't get to change it. It's, a, it's, like, an, it's like an objective <laughs> external reality mm-hmm. that you submit to. Um, if you have a really crappy Christmas where like everyone's ungrateful, everyone's entitled, maybe the family gets in a fight, you don't then cancel Christmas next year. Right. So like all these things play into like, like so many of us, we try to do a totally. Sabbath and then like the first one's not very magical. Oh, this sucks. Or the first year yeah, or two and it's years. Like, well, no, you don't do that with Christmas. It's like, yeah, it sucked and you can do better next year, you know? And that's like, that's because it's a holiday. It's a high holy day. That's what the word holiday, holiday mm. comes from. Um, that tells a story. That's what holidays mainly are about is they, they story you, they restory you. I think we've been so trained in our culture to not rest that we don't know how to do it. And so I think it takes a while. Mm -hmm. Like it's taken us two years to kind of detox and realize, Oh, this is what is restful. This is what our family needs. This was not good for my soul. Yeah. It's more of a spiritual practice that we see will develop and change and always be moving, uh, Mm -hmm. a moving target in some sense. So that as we learn to enter into the rest of God for, you know, 50, 60 years, hopefully. But all that to say, our kids absolutely love it. When they wake up from nap time on Friday, they're stoked. We always get a special treat. It's just been really, really good for our family. We love it. And I feel like, we just need it. Like our bodies yeah. crave it by Friday after. Yeah. So good. So uh, we sort of, sorry, quickly. We, so we adopted s- some of that. I think we can dive in more probably this next year, but just how you guys, I think Jeff posted or maybe it was Alyssa about having just kind of a special meal, even like you, mm-hmm. you prepare yep. and plan for that. And we really try to do that on Sundays. And that's just really made a world of a difference yeah. as, far, as far as our, our souls go. I think that oh, for sure. And having the actual rhythms of like eating around the same table, just, daily mm-hmm. is it takes discipline yeah. and this this type of totally uh, shabbat or sabbath that takes discipline too and that's it's always remarkable to me how hard it is to to not do something that's just our culture again but um yeah. i, I want to ask you guys specifically what that looks like because I, i'm hearing in my head starting friday evening light the candles it's uh, you know it's cease and celebrate which is incredible okay so I know you guys don't practice Judaism. <laughs> I know that. I know that you're Christian, <laughs> but like you, you're not. I mean, t- describe. But what we do worship like, one. 
you, you can like flip the light switch on and off, right? Or you can cook a meal. Yeah. Or, or do right, you like right. get in the totally. car and drive somewhere? What does it look yeah. like specifically for you? <laughs> yeah, well, even, even, yeah, so even then, that'd be ultra Orthodox Judaism. Yeah. <laughs> but having been to Israel, it is intense, man. The, they have these things called Shabbat elevators in Israel where it's for the ultra Orthodox, they're not allowed to conduct any electricity, right? And so yeah. there's these there's these Shabbat elevators that basically will go for from Friday night to Saturday night, the elevator will open and close the door on every single floor all 24 hours so that you basically never have to touch a button. You never have to push the button and <laughs> nice. enact, the, yeah. enact it yourself. Yeah. So that's, yeah, in my opinion, I think that, you know, I would prefer to listen to, you know, Yeshua the Messiah who says that man was made for, I mean, Sabbath was made for man, not man yeah. for yes. Sabbath yeah. and that he is the Lord of the Sabbath, meaning mm. what it is a gift. Mm. It is a day for us and there is days to break it, mm. you know, and we even, he tells that very story of like David was, hungry <laughs> and right. so he was able to eat and pick the wheat that day and it's not a coincidence by the way that jesus healed a ton on the sabbath yeah. because it's a day of fullness it's a day of healing it's a day of restoration Blessing. it's it's a day of like the kingdom invading right that's a better way to think mm, about it so than like good. this observant day where yeah. we have to do x y and z and so yeah so to run it through practically can for I, us can I, real quick yeah go ahead i think a lot of times people can think oh i don't want to do sabbath that's like an old testament thing or that seems legalistic or I don't want to Give have to do line. one more thing. Well, no, I'll let you drop oh, that. Dang. But I feel like I, 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 I got to say, I, I always say whenever people say that, I'm like, give me one other of the 10 commandments where like you say that, right? No one goes, uh, uh like murder. That was totally an old Testament <laughs> thing. Like we're just going to kill everyone now. That's just a, no one goes, oh, coveting thing, yeah. my neighbor's wife. Like, yeah, we can totally do that now. Jesus came. It's like, no, like, so why do we do that with the Sabbath? Like, it's like, it's so weird that that's one of the 10 commandments. And we like, say, ah, that's old Testament. I feel like somewhere along my Christian journey though, I felt like it was optional. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Well, I do yeah. think in some sense it is because Paul also comes okay. along in the so epistles that's it. and says it's a judgment-free zone. Yes. It's a total judgment-free so zone. It. But continue. No, I forgot my job. <laughs> <laughs> All I have to say, but I think it's a silly, if I can be bold, it's a silly argument because Sabbath is like the best part of our week. And so yeah. I don't, it's so flipped on its, its head like, with the language of like, it's so not fun. this religious. Yeah. It, it's, it's the, it's a party for us and we've cultivated it's, it like, and it's like yeah. We yeah. know that we get dad for 24 hours. Like mm -hmm. we're, it's our family day. It's like the best day. So anyway, Love but it. do you want to go with the practical? Yeah. I think another way that our mentors talk about it, which is really helpful too, is like, don't try to bite off more than you can chew. It's a practice. And so mm -hmm. start with two hours. Like who, like, like just, it's, it's actually really difficult to cultivate a 24 hour rest period that fills your soul. It takes a lot of self-awareness. It takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of experimentation. And then you add in a family with that. So not just individually. It's a, it's a, it's a spiritual discipline it and practice. And it should be mm -hmm. treated in that category. Hmm. And if it's not, that'll lead to a lot of um, disillusionment with it. And so that's yeah. the first so thing. Good. And so, so we say like start with, don't even, don't even use that word if you don't have to, if you don't want to. Just what would it look like once a week if you did a high a high point family meal meaning like not family meal in the sense of like we have breakfast lunch and dinner but like a capital f capital m family meal what would it yeah. look like if once a week you just did a two hour like the cloth napkins come out the nicer mm -hmm. nicer dishes come out the steak comes but out that doesn't mean you have to work like a thanksgiving meal you could literally order pizza yeah like whatever it is for your family but what would it look like to make it a little bit higher just to elevate mm -hmm. it and I say extra toppings. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. If, we toppings. Get, if we get sausage on Monday, then we're getting like meat lovers on Friday. Uh, but for real, like for me, it's I don't want to cook. And so Jeff takes care of the meal. Sometimes yeah. we get takeout. Awesome. Sometimes yeah. he cooks a really yeah. yummy meal. But, but we always light candles. We but, do 
Oh, sorry. I can't yeah, interrupt you. Yeah. We bless. We go around. We bless the kids. We just want it to make it. We want it to be standout. And here's the best barometer, especially if you have kids, to know if you're living in the spirit of Sabbath, in my opinion. And that's, do your kids look forward to it like, like it's the best thing of the week? Yeah. Right? Like, do the kids just itch and yearn for it and not can't, they can't wait for it? If you're in that realm, you are like golden, right? That's yeah. really, that's the spirit of it. And that's what you want it to feel like is like a high peak family day. Or if you're just married with no kids, just a day that concentrates yeah. and centers on the marriage. So, good. Um, so yeah, like, and, and I think doing that is huge. So good night. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to walk through this scenario because I, I want to put it through the Bethke test <laughs> real fast. Because what, okay. what you're describing is basically what we would do on a Friday night. And we call it, we're going to, we're going to judge us. Don't judge us. <laughs> we'll bring, we'll find some cooler names for it for the next time that we interview you guys. But um, we call it family show night and like pizza night, right? So we will, the kids, hey, the girls. That's good. I like that. We don't always watch like long movies with the girls. Yeah. And so like, that's the night that we'll order pizza. We don't usually order pizza. Just make we'll, it easy. Something. something really easy. Whatever yeah. that yeah. is. Sometimes yep. it's teriyaki. Sometimes it's whatever. But we'll get oh, that. The girls love in the that. Northwest. Oh, <laughs> you yes. miss it, yeah. <laughs> you have the Hawaiian bar. You have L and L though, man. That place yeah, is it's ridiculous. Close. It's but close. It's not as good. It's not the same as like those oh. little like styrofoam <laughs> teriyaki <laughs> you know, okay. dishes that are everywhere. Yes. A dime a dozen in Washington. Oh, yeah, yes. you're right. They're everywhere. <laughs> but so we'll order out. We'll do something like that. Then we'll if that's the night we'll like buy. A, a Disney movie on Amazon. If if we do, if yeah. we end yes. up doing that, that's the night we would do it on, and we would watch that show together. Like, and, and we kind of have this rule: like, we're not on our phones watching. Like, we're not just letting the girls watch yeah. it, and we're zoning out. Like, we're watching and laughing mm-hmm. with them, engaging with them as much as you can in a movie, right? Um, yeah. And they look forward to that, and then we'll go to bed, and then the next morning we just get up and go, um, and on we're just adventure. we're together. We'll have yeah. breakfast. We'll go on some adventure together. We'll go. The whole point is just yeah. to yeah. play together. I'm not going to yeah. do any work. Selena's not going to do any work. Uh, but we're just together as a family. Would that pass? Does that pass the Bethke Shabbat test? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty, much, exact, judges, that's pretty that's much exactly what we, what we do, just with a different day. Yeah. What, okay. I, what I would say is another thing that's really helpful for us, and I think it... it like, what, I want to be part of your Yeah, Sabbath. it was coming out when you were saying it as like, that's a that's a peak moment in the week. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. not mm. just a... I would not call that a mundane you know, cycle yeah. or two hours or 12 hours or 20 hours. That's a, that's a peak moment. And so that's the best way that, especially if you're married and, or you have kids listening either, or is you have to think, what would it look like to actually be in control of and craft your own peak block or moment in a week? Because a lot of times our culture is offering us alternative ones, right? Like mm. the peak moment of the week, you know, when you're in college is the Friday night at the frat house. The peak moment maybe in work week is, you know, Monday, if you like are all about the hustle and all about blah, 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 right. all that stuff. So is whatever it is. about Monday? Well, if you're like, that's like the I new like thing. Sunday I feel like Sunday with football. Yeah. Or Sunday. Like what, what's the peak moment? And so, uh, I think we have to kind of craft mm. and curate an alternative peak moment to make sure that like is this because a lot of our peak moments are individual ones right meaning like it's all about self-fulfillment what would it look like to craft one that actually kind of remembers reconnects us restories ourselves to the family or to the marriage that's kind of all you're trying to do is like have that Mm -hmm. one high moment every week that kind of is like that moment for the marriage of the family so good. I love so it. Good. Cool. So we're just going to change the name. I'll add some candles. Well, we should add some <laughs> candles. Like Frederick, candles. These are like Frederick <laughs> Fun Night or Frederick. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, there like it that. is. Yeah. Frederick Family Fun Night. There you go. You got the alliteration. So there. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Anything uh, else, Selena? You got any other? Man, I just feel like we could just pick your guys' brain and just listen to you talk all day, to be honest. Like, I just love all the texture that you're bringing to to these terms that we hear of just living on mission together, what family teams look like. Um, 
so I guess maybe just one last kind of, well, I have two questions okay. and I don't know. Yeah. I don't care if it's long, but yeah. Jeff, you posted and I didn't read entirely. I'm going to admit this. Um, recently you talked about how families are teams and not clubs. And I wanted you to kind of expand on that a little bit because I felt, I was like, huh. What exactly does that mean? Jeff and Lisa right. Makes me go, huh? Yeah, no, I, no, I love it because I'm. Con- it's constantly yeah. challenging me to to question and think and turn the, you know, what turn all everything I believe just kind of on its head and run it through the filter of the Lord. And so, yeah, yeah maybe you can well, expand on that a bit. There's there's a big difference between clubs and teams, right? And what it usually is is clubs. There's a couple things. Clubs tend to be a lot more of a parody of a team. Um, meaning like they, they look similar from the outside, but they don't have that, that absolute like unity of like, you'll die for each other. Like I know teams that it's like, I would, I'll die for you. Right. But I don't know any clubs, you know, like a book reading club where I'm going to die for you. It's like, no, you just, and, and here's why, because a lot of times clubs, their fundamental connecting point is shared activity. Meaning like the activity is the thing holding the club together. It's a, it's a book club. So the activity is the books. It's a math club. math club, so it's the math or whatever. Clubs tend to never hang out or never be together if there's not that shared activity when teams are about shared identity, mm-hmm. meaning like we actually share like a DNA and we will actually get together outside of baseball, outside of basketball because we're a family. Like that's actually the metaphor teams always use, right? It's like we're a family. When it's a really yeah. strong team, hmm. they say we're a family. I just find that so yeah. fascinating. Interesting. Um, and so it's, so it's different between so there's a difference between shared activity and shared identity. And then another thing I would say too is clubs tend to be about the 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 peak fulfillment vehicle is the individual, meaning the club is meant to service you. Again, you go to a reading club, maybe for some connection point or whatever, but for you, right? A team is a little bit more outward focused of the individual is kind of willingly, not being forced, because that would be a dictatorship or fascism, um, is willingly <laughs> offering themselves as a sacrifice to the team and collectively if everyone is doing that then you can all actually get farther than if you ever could individually and so there's the the mission like the shared mission is actually what's dragging and pulling this team around and making them and telling a bigger story telling a grander story and so there's a lot of different versions of that but i think yeah i think a lot of times the western model and also the western church tends to kind of have the bar really low for family and marriages and it tends to just be uh clubs right just hang out and right. then because what happens is so that, that's also why when the kid turns 18 and leaves they basically disconnect from the family because the shared activity is gone he's not in the home anymore mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. no shared mission there's no shared identity there's no shared team that's really good. and so that's why they leave is because the shared activity has been severed now that he's at college and so they're no longer he's no longer part of the club right now of course mm-hmm. they, you know in some sense it is but so that, that there's a lot more there but that's usually how I like to think about it, of teams are a lot deeper, a lot denser. They share an identity, not mm. just an activity. They share a mission, not just individual fulfillment. And so they're kind of actually polar opposite in some sense. That's awesome. I want to keep asking you questions. I think we're short on time. And plus, I know that you guys have some resources, right, that will – the question I want to ask is how do you form a family team and, like, go, you know, circumspectly, like, look at this whole thing from the ground up. And I know you have you have resources that help – uh, couples and families to get there. But first, I have a question, and then I want you to talk about your resources. This last question is a fun one: is what is your what is your most favorite or most memorable date that you guys have ever been on? Being that we're a marriage podcast, oh, right. it's always fun to talk about. Maybe you each have different you, ones, though. Yeah, maybe yeah. we'll see. We'll see how you you, we'll see so, how unified you are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mine would be. Oh, I know what Jeff would say. What? 
Go ahead. What do you think I'm going to say? <laughs> well, no, no, I'm not going to say it. Here we go. No, give me a teaser. Like, is it? No. I was going to say the New York one. That's what I okay. was going to say you were going to so say. So <laughs> this was, it's, it's our favorite date because it'll never be like repeatable. Well, like, also it was one because. Of those, and it was everything. It was all my favorite stuff. Crafted for me, but it was all for Jeff. <laughs> um, it was one of those ones where like I crafted it. If anyone does this in a marriage, it's like you kind of like. done it a couple times. Where you kind of say like you, 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 you leverage something really awesome that you want to do, but yeah. as like a gift to them. Okay, hold on. Let me, before you yeah. go with. Okay, so sorry. This is going to be a little while. What? Okay, when I was pregnant with Kinsley, I was like five or six months pregnant, Jeff was like, I'm going to take you on a date. We didn't do date nights tons then because we were newlyweds. So we didn't really, you know, we were together all the time. Right. But he's like, I'm going to take you on a really special date to Seattle on Friday. So be ready. And I'm like, Ooh, I can't wait. All my, I, I wonder if we're going to do all my favorite things. So we, li- <laughs> it literally was a date night for Jeff. Like yeah, then we went and ate chicken teriyaki. Okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> we went to his favorite yeah. coffee shop in Seattle. Oh, yeah, coffee, that yeah. was, is like super dark and like hipster. Totally not me. Then we went to the seafood restaurant, and I don't even eat seafood. And I love seafood. And then we went to the Imagine Dragons concert. Yeah, which is like one of my favorite bands, not hers. So. And I'm like five months pregnant, and I'm like, I'm not going to be in the mosh pit with people. Like, yeah, I'm exactly. Just well, they're not like moshing. Well, whatever group. you like, call it. Up in the throw front. Around, so. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, okay. so that, But I did grow a little bit over five years from yeah, that date yeah. to this next one. So this one was we were in Florida. I was speaking. And her parents came along too to watch the kids while we would kind of go speak during the day. So it was like all of us were there. So then I surprised her where from Florida to New York, because when you live in Hawaii, like a two hour flight is nothing. And so, because that's like, you know, and so, so I surprised her where we woke up and I just said, hey, we're going tomorrow morning. We're going to the airport. I'm not telling you where we're going. Be ready at 4 a.m. We'll go there. And so we we went to the airport and she didn't actually, I was able to keep it from her. I was able to get the tickets and go through security and everything without her looking at the ticket. So she didn't know until we actually got on the plane uh, when the pilot announced where we were going, but we were going to New York to kind of do a 24 hour, just like Manhattan whatever you would call it, just like hit everything. And so um, we stayed at the plaza. It was crafted for me too. It was because she's always one one of her bucket list items was to stay at the plaza, which is like the home alone, the home alone hotel. Well, for Bride Wars. And Bride Wars, you're right. And so we stayed there and then my, and then to go to Hamilton, we really wanted to go to see Hamilton on Broadway. I really wanted to go to Hamilton. Um, And so, yeah, so we basically just crafted this whole like (laughs) epic magical 24 hour day in New York that we'll never probably be able to repeat unless we take out a second mortgage on the house. And so um, <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it was perfect and awesome. And it was such a bucket list one, but that, that's what I would say for me. I, I remember, th- remember that as one of the best ones. What would you say? So Alyssa's that is for you really and good. yours is for for you. Is what you're telling me, Jeff? <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Because so, I was going to say my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> She's probably going to think of one where like, it was like I did something dumb or messed no, up. Or, <laughs> I planned it, but you're right. It was totally for me. So we, um, it was a little over a year ago. We went to the west side of Maui and we went to the spa. <laughs> yeah, we actually, yes. you're right. You do it too. We I both craft, we both craft dates for like ourselves. Oh, we spent the day at the spa <laughs> and, um, there's this one over there where you can just pay for a day pass to just use like the pool. So we literally, it was my favorite thing. We just laid out by the pool all day and we read and we talked and we dreamed. And then we went to, um, our favorite restaurant on Maui that like overlooks the water and nice. had a really good meal and talk. So that was that was really that fun. was kind of for you too. I mean, no, I think you totally got like you. I can't I can't sit out at the pool like for twelve hours that that type of person. <laughs> but and he Alyssa's that did, person to a T. But he did really well. <laughs> yeah. So that, right, that was my favorite I suffered. Date. I suffered for you for, for just the date. cucumbers those, over your eyes. Those, I can just see it. For 12 <laughs> yes, hours. Right. exactly, exactly. So. And I really think those sound like really extravagant. 
Those are like our two Those most are- extravagant. <laughs> <in here. laughs> nice. That's what, that's what was the question. And then, so and then last week when we had s'mores in the backyard that's on our, our fire pit, lately. that's like our go-to weekly one. So love that's it. another killer one. That's love fun. It. That's awesome. That's awesome, guys. And you guys are awesome. We love talking to you. So um, fun. So <laughs> this is a blast. You got, like it was only five minutes. Oh, <laughs> you obviously have a lot of a lot of wisdom, a lot of resources. Um, if where where would you advise a couple listening to this? to go to find uh, your resources, learn about family teams, learn about what you guys are up to. Where, where can we send them? Yeah, I would just say familyteams.com. So it's super easy. Family spelled normal, team spelled normal.com. And then there's actually a tab on familyteams.com that says start here because we do have a lot of resources. We have books and courses and pod, multiple podcasts and all that. So if you go to familyteams.com and then just go to the start here tab, then that's kind of a really good like, uh, entry into there's one podcast episode that we link in there with a little description that kind of says like hey if this interests you if this intrigues you of like building a multi-generational mm-hmm. family team on mission and, and and seeing a marriage through this lens um this is a really good place to start to kind of capture the vision to really feel like you have the language and the scriptural points for this um and so yeah so i would say that start here tab on familyteams.com is a great entrance into the go down the rabbit hole you know Awesome. 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 I'll put those, uh, <laughs> for folks listening to this, I'll put that uh, URL in the show notes. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, Sweet. thank you so much for talking to us, you guys. This has been a, an honor and a blessing. Mm-hmm. It truly is an honor uh, serving Jesus alongside you, even though we're uh, an ocean apart, literally. <laughs> uh, I feel like just serving Jesus with you guys is such a g- gift and a blessing. So thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thanks, yeah, thanks, thanks a, a ton it. to you guys. And real quick, I want to say too, before we end, uh, two things. It is weird that yes, we're an ocean apart, but it's the same ocean. Isn't that weird? Like I can go yeah. touch I the ocean, you touch that. the ocean, same. and it's the same. It's the same ocean, which is really weird to think about. Um, and then two, because it's not does not feel like the same ocean. <laughs> and then two, just want to thank you guys, man. I feel like you guys uh, have blessed us so much, encouraged us so much through your guys's books, through your resources, through the podcast, and 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 exactly what you said. It feels it's such a privilege to. Um, be doing what we're doing alongside mm-hmm. other people like you and to see you guys kind of, um, I always see you guys out there when we're on, when we're looking for stuff, when I'm on, when I'm on the podcast app, mm-hmm. et cetera. And so thank you guys for blessing us and dozens of thousands of other people too. Awesome. Well, you turned it on us. So <laughs> thank you for that. Very kind. Uh, well, we'll talk to you again soon. I'm sure we'll, we'll get a lot of requests to have you back. So until then, thanks guys. Thanks, ma'am. Thank you. Friends, we hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed recording it. We truly do love Jeff and Alyssa Bethke. They're friends in the gospel, and they are amazing teachers. To find the resources, like they mentioned, go to familyteams.com and click on the Start Here tab. You can also find their podcast. It's called The Real Life Podcast, wherever you are getting this podcast. And uh, yeah, we sincerely hope this has blessed you. Make sure to check out their resources for more. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.